Alright, well nice to see everyone. We've got a great weekend planned. Um, I can let you know that Joel Bell, who's coming to speak this afternoon and tomorrow morning, has landed in Sydney, so that is good, and we're looking forward to welcoming him here uh, at lunchtime. We've got a great time together planned this weekend, and uh, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, what a beautiful place to celebrate our 10th birthday in. Is this cool? Uh, who's been up in this building before? Yeah, a bunch have. Um, it's one of those places that I think if you live on the northern beaches, you often look at, but you never quite actually get up there and visit. So um, this is cool. And of course, we did do a seven or eight month stint here in this beautiful building, in this very room. Our church met in here. Um, that's a long story. But this is one of the six places that around Manly, that at one stage our Sunday gatherings have happened in. It is nice to have a home now, isn't it? Uh, up on William Street. Well, we're here to celebrate this weekend to give thanks for what God has done in the last 10 years. Uh, and I want us this morning to think about what we might be celebrating 10 years from now. Yeah, what might we be celebrating 10 years from now? You know, we want this weekend to be fun. We're going to have lunch and games. Uh, we're going to celebrate all the great things that we've been able to do as a church. But I want us to just give thanks as well to God for His faithfulness. And uh, we are still standing. Someone said to Victoria and I when we were planning to start Manly Life that from Bondi to Palm Beach was a church planter's graveyard. <laughs> I thought that was really encouraging. <laughs> so here we are, 10 years on. A thriving church family here in Manly. Uh, we have people in every decade of life. Uh, I'm not sure if we've got people in, our, in their 90s, but we've got people from their first just been born all the way into their 80s. And there's a little cheer here. We've got people who are just from Australia, uh, India. Thank you, Villas. You can give a cheer. Uh, we have some South Africans, <laughs> Americans. We have a lot of Americans. <laughs> We've got some Dutchies, yeah. and we had some new Dutch people arrive last Sunday who are even taller than Cornelis. Uh, we've got two French people, I'm not sure if they're here today, uh, people from Germany, they're in the kids room, uh, the Philippines, but again she's our kids pastor so she's, she's busy, um, Kenya, Mexico, Brazil, do we have any of our Brazilians here today? Uh, Colombia, El Salvador, Italy. I think Jackie's in the kids room again. Uh, Korea, we have some English people here. Yay! <laughs> Anyone from Canada? I think we have some Canadians. They'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Serbia tomorrow, Taiwan. Jenny, that's your big moment. <laughs> And we even have some New Zealanders. <laughs> have I missed anyone? Oh, Belarus, of course. And South Africa. Amazing. Zimbabwe. Oh, and Kenya. And Sri Lanka. And Denmark. Alright, so I missed half the people in the room. But again, very valued members of our church. <laughs> 
Well, as we kick off the weekend, I want to speak from Jesus' parable of the mustard seed. Uh, when Victoria and I first gathered a little team in our apartment in Manly on Victoria Parade to dream about planting this church, I'm pretty sure I spoke to that initial core team of pioneers from this passage. So it seems right 10 years old. We should revisit the passage to see how we're going. Uh, it's a super simple parable with extraordinary ramifications. And it's about how the kingdom of God grows, how churches grow, how ministries grow from small beginnings. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. And our person from Mexico just came. Unreal. <laughs> Matthew 13, 31 to 32. Jesus told them another parable. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So for the birds come and perch in its branches. Amen. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells these parables uh, in a series of parables as he tries to explain the significance of the kingdom of God that he has come to inaugurate on earth. Remember Mark chapter 1 verse 15? Jesus says, the time has come, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So what's it like? What does the kingdom of heaven do when it gets hold of an individual, when it gets hold of a community? What's its nature? What impact could we expect? What are the challenges that are going to be faced along the way as it gets established here on earth and in our lives? So Jesus uses these stories from everyday life. Uh, I heard this week that we take in 10% of facts and ideas, but if you tell a story, what we remember increases sixfold. Isn't that interesting? <coughs> Often I'm preaching about ideas and concepts, and I can literally see you guys glazing over <laughs> or staring out the window today, looking at the beach. But then I'll start talking about my naughty children, and you'll all start paying attention again. Uh, or we'll, we'll talk about a funny joke or something that's happened in the community, and it kind of comes alive. I remember Kiralee preached a couple of weeks ago on the Holy Spirit series, and it was just such a good sermon. But you know, the thing that I remember is when she started talking about how her mum had been filled by the Holy Spirit and how depression got lifted off her and she just laughed for three days straight. Isn't that funny? We, we, we pay attention and we listen to stories. So Jesus is brilliant. He knows how to make a concept real through stories. And I can picture him with the crowds gathered around him and him holding a little seed. And maybe he was standing in front of a big tree and there were birds nesting in its branches. Now earlier Jesus talks about seed that's scattered by a farmer, some that lasts, some that doesn't. But the seed that finds good soil produces a crop a hundred times what was sown. Another parable in this chapter, uh, Jesus describes the kingdom as like yeast. That when it's mixed through dough, spreads throughout it and transforms it from the inside out. And then he says the kingdom of heaven in our passage today is like a tiny seed that when planted in a field grows into a large tree. 
and the birds of the air come and they make a home. They find rest. I think it's Mark's version. They perch in its branches. And the thrust of this parable is that the kingdom of God produces ultimate consequences out of all proportion to its insignificant beginnings. Let me say that again. The kingdom produces ultimate consequences out of all proportion to the insignificant way that it begins. What Jesus had in mind was that in announcing that the kingdom of heaven had arrived, that in demonstrating the kingdom of God, that in calling people into citizenship, into this kingdom, that it would spread and grow out of all proportion from where it had begun. In his book, Dream Big, Think Small, Jeff Mannion sums it up well. He says, a legacy of faithfulness is born from small, repeated acts. Or as the old super commercial used to say, from little things, big things grow. So I want to suggest three things for us this morning. This was Jesus' story, this is the church's story, and this is manly life's future story. Firstly, the parable was Jesus' story. The reality is that many believe Jesus' ministry was not that impressive. Uh, Indeed, in this very chapter of Matthew's Gospel, the people mock Jesus in his own town, and they say, isn't this the carpenter's son? And then it goes on to say that they took offence at him. A saviour born in a barn. His followers who blow hot and cold. Crowds that follow him and then disappear like a mist when his teachings get hard. Peter, one of his closest disciples, abandons him and denies him at his arrest and trial. It's a small seed with the most seemingly ignoble ending on a cross. A Messiah who suffers. And it's not normally the start of a global movement that will last thousands of years. But look at what happens to that seed. Jesus' kingdom could not be held down. Death could not hold him down. With his resurrection from the dead, his kingdom comes alive again. And with the pouring out of his spirit at Pentecost, ordinary people become extraordinary as they get empowered with the presence of God. Amen. And so the disciples start sowing the seeds of his kingdom and it begins to grow. What grows? What grows? Well, if you've been in manly life longer than for a minute, you'll know that like Jesus, we place a lot of our energy and time on this idea of the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' main message. It is the seed planted in a field that grows. In his coming, Jesus is inaugurating the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Everything that we read about in the Gospels, everything that Jesus does is evidence that a king has come to establish his reign and rule. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And healing every disease and sickness. Everything Jesus does 
is about inaugurating the kingdom of heaven on earth. You know, there's talk about Charles when he gets enthroned as king. Uh, he will be making a visit to Australia to visit us, uh, ask his loyal subjects, right? Right? Uh, crowds will come out and pay respect. I quite like Charles. Uh, you know, people will come, they'll want to get a gander at the king. People will curtsy, people will bow. There'll be a fuss made over the arrival of the king. He will do king-like things like opening hospitals and schools and he will visit charities. But he will be here in our midst. Probably doing pretty benign things. Well, in announcing the kingdom of heaven has come near, Jesus is God as king visiting here on earth. And that is why he heals the sick. That is why he casts out evil. That's why he has the authority to teach about love of your neighbor and your enemy. His kingdom is like a seed planted in a field that will then grow. And he calls people, repent, believe, reorient your lives around this kingdom. Become a citizen. Come and find a home in its branches. You will receive the forgiveness of your sins. You will become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And how is this kingdom to grow from small beginnings into a large home and place of rest? Well, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done, God. On earth, right here, as it is, already in heaven. And so from little things, little prayers, little kingdom steps, big things begin to grow. Amen? Alright, secondly, this parable is the story of the church. Now obviously this is the story of the growth of the global church. The kingdom of God grows because the first disciples, filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to do Jesus-y like things all throughout Jerusalem and then Samaria and then into the ends of the world. And churches get established. In Corinth, in Ephesus, in Rome, the next generation plant the kingdom by proclaiming the good news and building communities of believers in Spain and then in Germany. And then they go down into Africa and they go across to Asia. The seed is not left on the shelf. That's the good news of the kingdom. That the proclamation of God's mercy and the establishment of his rule and reign on earth will cover the earth. Like the waters cover the sea. John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Just as Jesus was sent from the Father to save the world, Jesus then sends his disciples, you and me, into the world to preach the good news. Acts 1.8, Jesus says you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and to Sydney and to Manly Beach. This kingdom is going to grow. It's going to keep spreading. Nothing will prevail against it. So you and I are constantly being sent, 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 agents of reconciliation, Bearers of good news, citizens of the kingdom, light in the darkness. Um, one of the cool stories of our denomination um, 
is the Baptists for the last 150 years have had a real heart for Papua New Guinea. And in particular, uh, seeing the good news of the kingdom grow all throughout that amazing nation just north of us. Many missionaries were sent out from our churches to that particular field. They planted the kingdom. They planted the kingdom, right? They planted the seeds of the kingdom through churches and schools and hospitals and water supply and sanitation and women's empowerment. They, they planted the kingdom in a field and it's grown. And there's now almost 500 Baptist churches serving their communities in PNG. And, and just think of the, 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 the thousands of people who know Jesus as King because people were sent to plant the kingdom in that field. You know, Victoria and I had that initial team. We could have chosen not to plant a church. But because the team did, look at the wonderful things that have happened. You know, the people who've come to faith, people who have found friendship in a, what I think is a very isolating and lonely place. It looks shiny, it looks good, but so many people are alone. People have got baptised, people have got married, people have got involved in serving at the Manly Salvation Army, people have had a go at doing ministry, people have gone on mission trips, they've reached out to the local surfing groms. Because we are sent to do kingdom stuff, kingdom things begin to happen. You see, ministry, all of us are involved in it. It's always deeply incarnational. It happens in fields. It happens in geographical places. Now, we just happen to choose manly. It's not too bad. But it just means it gets deeply rooted into a community. Jesus is the Word made flesh dwelling amongst us. We are His Spirit-filled disciples dwelling amongst those in need of the good news of the Kingdom. Amen? Amen. And so the gospel takes flesh amongst us as it gets planted into communities and towns and villages. And Manly Life, we've seen this seed grow into a beautiful tree here in our community. I look back so fondly on those initial months and weeks of Manly Life. It was basically Victoria and I and Lisa Dando. So... (laughs) I remember Victoria and I, before we planned the church, we sat next to this guy called Nick. And we became friends with him. And so Nick became our first worship leader. (laughs) And we wanted to promote that we were starting a new church. So we sent a press release to the Manly Daily. And these were the days when it was actually a paper. And I got in touch and they sent this photographer to our apartment. And they took the most naff photos you have ever seen and printed them in the Manly Daily of Victoria and I sitting behind a candle and an open Bible. (laughs) I can't imagine anyone saw that article and thought, sign me up, that's the people I want to do church with. We had our first worship services in the Manly Senior Citizen Centre. Again, not a big sign me up venue. 